Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer, like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is Off Track with Inch and Rossi. <laughs> is he frozen or is he just staying still? Hello and welcome He's to frozen. another episode of Off Track with Inch and Rossi. Guys, I got some great news. I got some really exciting news. One of us is having extraordinary technological difficulties, and it's not me. It is not me today for some bizarre reason. Alex Rossi's, I'm not going to say it's your internet because it's not. Like Your internet speed is fine. We know that. But something is disrupting the space-time continuum in your house. And whether it's on Zoom or StreamYard or FaceTime or whatever, Alex is freezing and disappearing at regular intervals. The problem is he stays so still most of the time anyway. Mm. <laughs> There's that, like that little bit. It's like, I don't know if he's frozen or just unamused. Right. Just silent. and. <laughs> stoic so alex how's uh how's it going i i think this just proves that aliens are real and that they gave us the internet i think that that's this that's is alien the takeaway that's the takeaway okay but we can all agree that we didn't go to the moon right mother um <laughs> what's really annoying about the freezing thing is usually when it the internet freezes in these types of it freezes for like kind of everyone. It seems. Oh, did I freeze again? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's I think what he's trying to say, what he's trying to say is that uh normally when it freezes, it freezes all around. But with this time, he freezes to us, but he can still hear us talking. So when he's talking, he doesn't I can know hear you free. talking. I watch the video, so I have no idea when I'm actually I have no idea. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, it's like, Oh, I'm leading a race and I'm staying out and everything's fine, but a bunch of people have pitted. So I don't know that I'm about to be because my teammates going to bury in the wall, but I'm, I'm, it's coming. I'm here. You sound like this is coming from experience. Yeah. I mean, this, Oh, anyways, guys, how are we all you, doing? You look, you look like the take on me music video where he like goes from real life to animation. Like it's all, are you seeing that, James? Now you're distracted by your phone. No, I'm, I'm well, by my dog. Uh, but no, I heard what you were saying. Um, and I just, I don't, nobody watches music videos, bud. It's an old one. It's an iconic one. Everyone knows that one. That's not true. That's not true. Apparently, 
like we're just too old to watch music videos. Like music videos are have never been oh, more they, popular. Oh, really? Are they still a we, big thing? We just don't watch them because oh. we we are at the point where I heard of a new app today that I hadn't heard of on the radio. I can't believe that those words coming out of my mouth. I had no idea there was a no a new social media platform that is like pretty big, and I never heard of it. And I heard about it on the radio. What's, the only thing that saves us is I was listening to Sirius XM, not Twitter. AM 1070. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> AM 1070. I oh, didn't think that best. was still around. Yeah, like it wasn't even Spotify or Apple Music. It was the radio. Granted, it was Sirius XM, which is great. Our good right. friends at Sirius XM. So, so big, big digital radio guys. No, apparently it's this app. I forget what it's called where you get a notification and then at that moment you have to record what you're doing and it's a the front facing camera records and the back facing camera so like you're getting a double angle of whatever you're doing and did it's the like, nsa invent this <laughs> well <laughs> i mean our enemies invented tiktok so i mean by the way i i'm like and Alex, you're the exact same way. You and I both have TikTok profiles, but we don't post anything on TikTok. Like, I, if TikTok was just an app for seeing the videos of the like dermatologist popping pimples, it'd be my favorite app. That's pretty much all I use it for. That's just so the only reason. Oh, that I have are TikTok. you actually like you haven't watched those videos? I mean, not voluntarily. And oh, without I can't gagging. get enough of them. I can't. No. I love them. I love popping my own pimples. I don't need to see other people popping freaking weird. It's like a pimples. grotesque train wreck where I'm just like, oh, I don't want to watch it, but I need to see it explode out. <laughs> oh, God, I've learned a lot about you today, Tim. <laughs> so um, the only reason I have TikTok is because my lovely girlfriend is obsessed with it and sends me six to eight videos a day. And then I would get yelled at when I didn't watch them. And I never watched them because I could never open them without the app. So that is that is really the only reason. I prefer, I like the Instagram Reels. So their version yeah. of TikTok, which come to find out is just TikToks two weeks later. Two weeks later, yeah. Correct. Yeah. They just post on Instagram, whatever they put on TikTok. Kel- Kelly and I also send each other videos. So, But not TikTok ones. <laughs> exactly. <Hey-o. laughs> They're short films, if you catch my meaning. I mean, short for you. <laughs> very short. Very short. Uh, all right. So we did not go racing this past weekend, but you did go testing out in old Portland, Oregon. So uh, preparation for the penultimate race of the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series mm-hmm. schedule. How'd that go? So I made a quote about St. Louis in, rebut, in, in, in response to Tim saying that St. Louis is a town that likes to party, but like depressing parties. And I kind of said, like for funerals, mm-hmm. Portland is a city that likes to party just for the sake of burning that said city down. Mm. <laughs> it is I like Portland. Horrible. What? It no, is a don't? horrible yeah, place. Yeah, I like Portland. Nobody when likes was Portland. the last time you've been there? I don't know. Whenever that race was where I took the train up. Nope. Like a year, was two that years, a year? five years. Because two, three, two years. or three years ago. So pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Very, di- very different city now. Now it feels like you're driving through Baghdad. Um, That's not a joke. Like the no, route from I'm the airport serious. to the racetrack. Is it, it that it, bad? It's, it's horrible, dude. Horrific. It is, it is 
Li- the road is lined with motor ho- like decrepit, derelict motorhomes that make the RV from Breaking Bad look like a $1.5 million Prevo. Like it's I'm in LA. That sounds like nope. around it the makes it makes here. it makes California look like they've got their shit together. <laughs> we most assuredly don't. I'm well aware. That's <laughs> that is that is the state of which Portland is in. Okay, good to know. Um, so, so I should anyways, not take the train up for this weekend. You should not. You should not go at all. You have a child. <laughs> what, is, what is what is sad is it's such a beautiful city in, in terms of where it is on a river built into the mountains. Mount Hood is right there. Like it is in an unbelievable part of the world from a geographic standpoint. But for whatever reason, it's just gone to shit. So anyways... We had a test so come there. out to the race this weekend. You're going to love it. The race is the best thing going. <laughs> yeah. Um, the love test that. was good. The test was good. We A lot of people went off. Um, yeah, I read that, that there were a lot of off-track incidents and maybe even a couple of contacts with wall. Quite a few contacts with wall, um, which was kind of, I mean, that's a little abnormal, but I think yeah. it was... It was really fast. It was a cool day. It was really fast. Like lap times were just coming kind of every single set of tires you put on. So the harder you push kind of, it was taking it until it didn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the test was positive. We've always been good there in the past. We'll see. It seems like Penske took a step forward, which yeah, is no sure surprise. Um, yeah. Will, Will was the, the, the clear leader of the test. Um, he had like three tenths on everyone. And, um, everyone? oh yeah. And then the wow. rest of us were all within like a tenth and a half. So yeah, it's a big gap in Portland. Portland's a, it's a relatively small track. There's not that many 58 corners. seconds. Yeah. Right. So for a three tenth gap in that environment is that's sizable. Yeah. He hammered us all. So that was, um, a little concerning, but obviously we'll see how it goes on the weekend. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Uh, it's interesting because this is what I liked about what happened over the last two weeks. So there was a test at Portland and there was a test at Laguna. Now, if you look back historically over the last couple of years, you would say that Portland was more of like an Andretti and Ganassi track, maybe not so much for Penske place. And then you would look at Laguna and say more of well, probably an Andretti and Penske place, less of a Ganassi track. And so those teams did that exact thing. Penske went and tested at Portland. Ganassi went and tested at Laguna. Both teams ended up fastest at those tests. So they clearly figured something out. And now you're kind of guessing going into the weekend more so than had we gone into these two weekends without any testing and just sort of going off last year, which I think just makes it super fascinating. Um, Alex, I guess what I want to know is, because you've been in the thick of a championship fight a couple times and you've got, I mean, I think there's like six or seven mathematically still in it, but there's four drivers really in it. I'll, I mean, I'll include, I'll make it five. I'll include Pelot because he won from pole there last year. He was pretty dominant there last year. And if he wins there again, he's right back in it for Laguna. So let's call it five. Um, of those five, well, just first of all, like, what's it, what's it like? Two races to go. You're in the thick of the fight. You know, you got a chance. I mean, what's it like for drivers in that situation? And, you know, what's, what's the mindset? What's the approach? What changes? What stays the same? Um, I, I, I mean, nothing. I know everybody's different. And yeah. for you, you know, you're probably the worst person to ask this question because what's, you're just like, yeah, you go in your race. What? Yeah. The, the worst thing is all of the like contender media stuff you have to do. Um, you know, you have to go to San Francisco for a day when we had the finale at Sonoma and like shock oysters with your fellow comrades, which is, I mean, the last thing you want to be doing right. is fraternizing with these guys. Exactly. But the one thing that definitely takes on another level is qualifying. Like qualifying becomes so hypercritical because you can't afford to start outside the top six, five. Yeah. Five. <laughs> Um, and so that's where the big pressure comes I, in, in terms of what I found. Um, and then once you get into the race, you know how it goes, James, as soon as the green flag drops, all of these scenarios that are swirling around in your head, um, don't really matter. So when you go into qualifying in these last two races, is it like, do you prepare in a different way? Like, you know, it's, it's always hypercritical. We know that it qualifying is super important, but you know what's now on the line here and that having to do damage control from a poor session can essentially end your chances at fighting for the championship. So is it, are you looking at data a little more closely? Are you, you know, clearing your schedule a little more on Saturday and not having the distractions of media stuff or sponsor stuff? You know, is there anything different that you do or are you just kind of like hyper aware of the situation you're in? I think you're more willing to take a, take a swing at something um, because you know, if this weekend gets away from you, you're done. Right. So I remember, I remember Laguna um, in 2019, I went through, we had three practice sessions back then before qualifying. And oh, the good old days. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't that nice. Um, anyway, so we, 
we had these three qualifying sessions or three practice sessions before qualifying. And that year I was not in the top 20 for any of those three, because we were trying so many different avenues to figure out what was the best path for me, because we knew we had to start up front. It was our last shot, right? Um, it was double points. We were trailing Joseph by a chunk. So it was like, we got to, we got to make sure that we'll take any risks necessary. Um, and it worked out. We ended up qualifying second, um, to Colton and Joseph was, I think fourth or fifth. Um, so we did our job there. We, we didn't in the race. Um, so obviously Joseph won the championship, but you know, from our side, it was like, this is do or die. So there's no hemming and hawing. If you think that there's a chance that something drastic might work, you do it. Um, and so that was kind of our approach. Okay. So then, so then put on the hat the other way, let's say your will going into these last two races, he's leading the points, not by much, but he is still in front is your, is your willingness to swing for the fences actually diminish because you don't want to do anything. So right. Like you were in a situation where you needed a good points haul to kind of make it happen. If like, is he in damage control or like, is it just, it's too close. Like you have to still be going for it. Right. I don't know. I I've never gotten to that point as as the leader, right? I think that if you're the leader, you have to do everything as normal, right? Because you're the leader for a reason. So you, now it's the last time you want to be changing something, and especially him and qualifying. Like, let's look at his track record, right? Like, he's pretty much got that the most <clears throat> polls of all time, right? He's pretty well got that sorted out. Um, so I think I think Will would be someone that's going to be pretty conservative. I think Joseph is just on some mental rampage this Hair. year. And if he thinks that putting the rear tires on the front is going to make him go faster, he's going to do it. Like he doesn't, I don't think he cares about anything, which is why he's probably going to win. Um, he's probably going to win. I would love to see Will win. I, I mean, I'd love to see Joseph win. I'd love to see Will win a little bit more though. I just can't see with the, pace that joseph's had all year how you beat that but i guess okay so so let's we get look to sit back and watch yeah yeah i mean I, I was gonna i was gonna get to that and see kind of what your thoughts were based on the two tracks that are left the drivers that are in the mix who you thought was going to walk away with it um and again there's a million variables that could throw it all for a loop and and uh you know change change the outcome from what should happen or you know what on paper you think is going to happen but I want to talk about what each of these drivers who after Laguna don't have a championship are going to look back on and how they're going to remember this season. So let's start with the guy up front. Let's start with Will. You have a guy that's had by far his most consistent year ever. You've had some incredible comeback drives. He's only got one win. Uh, but I think four poles on the year and, and is set now or matched a record for poles um, by all accounts, an absolute hallmark career year. If he ends up not winning the championship, which again, you go back to before he won his championship through 20, I want to say it was 10, 11, 12 or 12, 13, 14. No, because 14, 14, he won the championship. Yes. So so yeah, sorry, 11, so 11, 12, 13, or something like that. When he was racing Dario and, and Hunter Ray, 
there was a couple times he went into the last round as the leader or at least the second last round. I think it's the third or fourth time he's been leading with two rounds to go. Obviously only has one championship. So after the year he's had, we've talked a lot about his sort of mental resolve this year. His composure has been a lot better. He's just kind of clicked off. He's really consistent results. His average finish is by far the best. One of only two guys that have finished all the laps in the season. How does it mentally affect willpower? What does he look back on if he doesn't end up winning this championship? I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I think he's the one guy where there's not, I'm sure there's races where it was taken away from him for some reason that we don't know about, right? A pet stop, a strategy call, a yellow, whatever. So he'll look back on that because he'll know that from the outside. Like, I don't think you can. I don't think you can look back at a moment and be like, mm, that wasn't, th that's what cost him the championship, right? I think it's a lot easier to do that with some other people, right? So we segue that into his teammate, Joseph. You know, leading Iowa, no problem, car breaks. Okay, that's a really easy one. Um, we can talk about Scott. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I want to I get into the driver's head a little bit. So, okay. So, so let's go. Let's talk about Joseph. Joseph's got five wins on the season. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win this year, I cannot. He, he's also going to go burn Portland to the ground. It's <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. I, I, I cannot, cause nobody would notice. I cannot think there's ever been a time when a driver won five races in a championship and didn't win the title, you know, in, in a season, that's the length of ours. It just seems unheard of. Um, it, that's just, and he's been so dominant at a couple, at so many races. And then also like scrapped out a couple wins, like long beach, man, he had to earn that one. Um, you know, Texas was going to be a second place anyway. And he, you know, found that opportunity on the last lap. Like he's had some really good races. And like you say, it should have been a six. There should have been six wins under his belt with that Iowa win which like almost a lot. I think, I think Scott Dixon in 08, which was by far the most dominant season that I've ever seen in my time following the sport was the last time a guy won six races in a year. But what, what does Joseph feel like at the end of the year? If he's not the champion, like what are the emotions there? What is the, like, does it, does it motivate you that much more for 2023? Or are you just so frustrated and upset? Do you hate the point system? The fact that because he had a couple bad rounds, but let's say Will wins it and Will was just always second to fifth, even though Joseph had five plus wins. Like, what do you think at that point? Um, that that one, you're the motivation, keeping the motivation up, I think is going to be a challenge. Like that one's going to be hard <clears throat> because he looks back and aside from the first Indy GP where you can argue he made a little mistake there. Um not a mistake. He didn't, I mean, we were three wide. He didn't know Jack was there. He spun, ended up last. Yeah. Okay. The rest though, that were, that were kind of taken away from him. He, he wasn't in his control. And then the races that he did win, he, he kicked everyone's ass. Right. Yeah. And so you do all that and your teammate, who's ultimately the guy you got to beat the most comes away with it. Like that's hard to, that's a, that's a really hard pill to swallow. It's hard to process, right? Like, it's hard to like really... look that guy in the eye at the next meeting, the next team at the team Christmas party and be like, I won four more races than you. Right. And it's how not... do you have the title? Right. 
Exactly. It's on two more. It's, it's, and, and it's not only that it's, it's more than your teammate. It's more than anyone has done in a very, very long time in a year. For sure. For sure. It's been a massively that's, that's impressive That's the wild part to me. Yeah. Right. Um, so then you go down to Marcus Erickson, who is the only one that's kind of in this conversation that's never, not only never won a championship, but he's never kind of been in this situation, right? So this is a first time experiment for him. He's kind of dealing with those pressures for the first time. You know, when you think back to your first season of going into the last few races with the championship, a legitimate, you know, option, yeah. you know, what's, what's it like being at this level of the sport and, and knowing that you're fighting for that. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think like he's been around long enough. It's not a big deal. Um, I don't think he's going to be, that's going to bother him a whole lot for me. What's, what's crazy is, and we we've talked about this in the past, like he's, he's there for one reason, right? No, he's not there for one reason. A big chunk of why he's there is because of the double points. That being said, he's done a very good job really for the past year and a half, two years of finishing races of sometimes taking an eighth of taking wins when they come your way of not crashing, not being out of a race minus the, the long beach mistake that he had. Like he's done a very, very good job, better than everyone, honestly, of being the Scott Dixon, right. Of picking up pieces of just racking up those top eight sixes. And then every once in a while, a win or a podium comes your way And he's just always there, right? He's been fast and qualifying, but not like mega fast. So very Scott Dixon-esque, right? Right. Obviously helped by the double points in Indy. For sure. Fine. Everyone else had double points too. He he won the race. Great. Um, So I I think that even despite his consistency and despite his, the, the overall really good job that he's done this year, if he comes away with this not winning the championship i don't think he's disappointed he's he's in the conversation he's an indy 500 winner um he's now at a point where he can go to teams and demand to get paid like he's he's accomplished so much so if he comes up short of the title i think he's like yeah that sucks like i would have loved to win it but ultimately this has been a massive year for me and is going to set my career path in a very upward trajectory. Yeah. If you look at his progression over the last few years, it's yeah. On paper, it looks great. And there's no reason why you wouldn't see him as a a championship contender again in 23. All right. So you said he was a lot like Scott Dixon, which brings us to the guy that's the most like Scott Dixon, Scott Dixon. And uh, it's like, he's one of those guys where the first half of the year, you almost didn't let, and let's, we'll we'll get to any, leave India for a sec. But for the first half of the year, you almost didn't even talk about Scott Dixon. He was not out qualifying his teammates. He was not winning races. He was not even on the podium that much. Um, we get to Indy. We all know what happened at Indy. That speeding penalty on the last stop took away almost an assured win, which double points. That would have given him 100 extra points from where he is now, and he'd be miles ahead. Even if Joseph had finished that second race in Iowa and had a sixth race under his belt, I think he'd still be behind Scott. Oh, by a long like, margin. By like a good chunk. And so it's crazy to think that Scott Dixon has pieced together this season that seemed so unspectacular at the start. Obviously, he got the win in Toronto. He got the win in Nashville. And in, in the most Scott Dixon fashion, 
you know, the, the Nashville one was like quintessential Scott Dixon. And he is still very much in this fight. But what I don't understand is aside from Nashville and Toronto, I don't even remember. I don't. And it's the same way I'm, I'm struggling to understand how Joseph isn't leading. I'm struggling to understand how Scott is the best Ganassi car. And, and only, only, what is it, 11 points back from Will? I don't understand how that's happened. I don't get it. Hashtag Scott Dixon. No, I know. But, like, I, I'm quickly clicking through race results. And, like, there's nothing so, amazing. Scott Dixon has had one finish outside of the top 10. And that was the Indy 500. So it's, it's that kind of consistency that just keeps him in the fight. Will has finishes outside the top 15. Joseph has DNFs. Marcus has DNFs. Scott has not had the pace that we're used to seeing out of Scott, but the quality that makes him a six-time champion has not gone anywhere. And when the car is to his liking, his pace is just as good as it's always been, and his racecraft is just as good as it's always been. And so that's how he's done it. He's one of only two guys that have finished every lap of the season. And he only has one finish outside the top 10 in 15 races. And that's what does it. So there's, there's two ways to end up within 10 points of willpower, the Joseph Newgarden approach of feast or famine, because he had a bad Indy 500, which again is double points. He lost a lot of spots in mid Ohio when he ran long into, or ran, he was wide in a pit stop. You know, he had a, there was a guy, one thing, one of the GPs. Yeah. Um, you know, he's had a couple of those results just kind of outside the top 15, sometimes even outside the top 20 and it just kills you. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting. It, I don't know if it brings up a, a bigger conversation of the point structure and whether everybody is happy with how the points are paid that a guy who's won five races could not be leading the championship with two to go. And a guy that's won one race is ahead of him, but he's just been, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of cool. It kind of, you've got to be no, I inconsistent. Th- I think it, the, I have no issue. I mean, I would, I'm the first to voice an issue with things that I see. I don't, I don't see any issue with it. I think it's, it's great. Again, the only potential thing is the 500, but aside from Scott, we're not really talking about that. I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. You're always going to have it come down to the last race for the most part, it would seem. Um, and then as you just explained, there's very, there's two very dynamic ways to go about winning the championship, right? Go for broke, crash out, whatever you win or you don't. Right. Or like we just explained, um, the, the will slash slash Scott approach. So I think it's great. I think it's what makes IndyCar what it is and is going to give us all the the show that we have. Um, I don't really think, I mean, obviously Scott McLaughlin and, and Alex are in the championship. I, w- I do want to say one thing on Alex. It's amazing that he's still mathematically in it with no polls and no wins and a legal dispute that has taken over his life for the past two and a half months. I haven't heard about that. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you're, you're absolutely right, man. It is, it is incredibly impressive the way that he's been able to block out distraction and, uh, and kind of get on with the job. And like you say, he's had a similar year to Scott in the sense that he's been quick. A lot of places also got hosed at Indy 
and uh, and you know a double points hit there. I'm not gonna have. I'm, I'm gonna say it again, even though I don't have to. Double points are dumb, and this is why. Um, but he's just been you know fiercely consistent. I'm I am surprised he hasn't won a race yet. There's still two left that he could be very good at. Um, so I'm not saying he's gonna finish the year without it, but uh, he kind of needs a win in Portland. I mean, he doesn't. It is not kind of. He does need a win in Portland. But yeah, the fact that he's again, he's still within within a race wins of points with two to go, having like you say, no poles and uh, and no wins and the off track issues. Man, a lot of drivers in the top five are having like career years. Like for Will, the most consistent and, and calculated c- campaign we've seen out of him. Marcus, obviously, the pace he's had this year compared to years past, m- miles above. Joseph's never had five wins in a season before. Alex staying in it. Scott staying in it. It's Scott crazy. McLaughlin getting Scott two wins, almost having four. Yeah, fair. I mean, Texas, you know, ha- half a mile less of racetrack, and he wins Texas. Um, I am, I am going to argue that Polo deserved the win in Mid Ohio. Um, they they called the strategy right and got hosed by the yellow there, and, and Scott. Did an incredible job, got pole, and ultimately executed. But had that yellow fallen the way it should have, um, I think Polo would have won that race. But regardless, McLaughlin's no, had call an, it call it three. Yeah, I mean, for sure. There's three races he should have won, uh, which is is incredible for a second year driver. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you, you just there's again, there's just a couple races where it it put him outside the top fifteen, and that's sort of all it takes. So those those finishing, you know, finishing in the top ten. Oh, I'm aware, James. <laughs> We are excellent at it. <laughs> Finishing outside the top fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah. It's one of our. It's one of our stronger um, characteristics. One of our. One of your better stats. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of those you have? Most. Good times. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Two races to go. It's going to be incredible. Um, incredible to watch. It's it's quite literally a a a hallmark year in the series. We've never seen it quite this close since this, this point structure was introduced in the early 2000s. And I can't wait to see how it goes. You think Joseph's going to do it. I'm going to say, I'm going to, well, I'll just go, I'm just going to put money on Will just because you're going Joseph. I'm going to go Will. No, I mean, I, that's what my gut says. Well, okay. So here, here's my defense to that. Then my defense to that is you just said, and we've, we know that qualifying super, super important in the IndyCar series and he is the best qualifier. So I think he's going to start on the front row for both of the next two races and he'll bring it home from there. That's there you go. There's my prediction. Uh, before we let you go, I think Tim hasn't asked Alex for us, which we haven't done in a while. I do. I like this one. Am uh, I frozen? No, you're yeah. No, you were yep, frozen. Now you are. You weren't when you, you started to ask and then you, you were frozen. frozen and then you frozen. said that, and now you're frozen again. Wait for it. There you go. I've been listening to Off Track for a while now, and I'm meant to write to you. While it might not be a classic story like you normally do, I would love to hear Alex and Hinch's opinions. Background. Ever since I was 10, I've always wanted to be an engineer within motorsports. However, I don't fit the stereotypical roles for this job as I'm a female from a small town where nobody is in the position I'm, I was, knowing exactly where I wanted to go from such a young age. I'm currently a high school junior taking very every engineering class my school offers and the highest levels of math and physics. When I went to the Toronto race, I fell more in love with the way the sport functions and often found myself trying to dive as deep into the technical level of cars as far as I could see. 
Question. As people who are surrounded by the sport and the world that I hope to be in one day, do you have any advice for someone like me trying to get into the sport? Yes. And <laughs> that, was a, that was a dramatic pause. Yes. Um, no, I just, I want to, I want to phrase this correctly. I think that you need to go and try and be the best possible engineer that you can be. And that's regardless of your gender. I would not, I would not give that a second thought. I think the motorsports community, I think a lot of what we are seeing in motorsports, especially in the past frozen, frozen. thing. I'm still frozen. No, I'm going to make this short answer because my internet doesn't work. And that's what you want to hear. Anyways, doesn't matter. You're a girl, go be a good engineer, design fast race cars. We'd love to have you. And we'll see you soon. That was oddly confrontational and uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, I think what Alex's technical difficulties are not allowing him to say is what's always been so cool about motorsports is even though yeah it's it's male dominated in pure numbers it's the only professional sport where men and women compete at the same level and and there's and there's nothing to stop uh there's nothing that prevents that from happening you know in the in the positions that uh that aren't on the track as well you know i think there are a lot of positions filled by by women in you know on pit crews on engineering staffs whatever it is um and i think more and more young women are getting exposed to the sport and that is you know creating more and more of these opportunities for them but at the end of the day we're a competitive environment so if you're good at what you do you're going to have an opportunity and so it's no different than being a driver. You know, I think I'm not going to speak for Alex, but he's kind of nodding as I talk. I think you need to immerse yourself in the sport, you know, uh, make your life about racing. That's what it takes to make it as a driver. And I think that's what it takes to make it as an engineer. You've got to be good at what the engineering side is uh, and, and all that encompasses that. But it really helps if you've got a passion for the sport and you kind of make it your life. This we tell a lot of people, this isn't a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's regardless of what position you hold in the motorsports world. It is a, it is a very serious commitment and it's usually only survived by people that have a, a healthy passion for it. And it sounds like you do. So, uh, keep up the schooling, keep up the great work, keep up the passion, uh, be persistent. Don't give up. And as Alex said, we'll see you soon because my God, we need engineers. We need engineers a lot. Just go beat their ass. Uh, well, guys, uh, Alex is frozen one last time. Uh, Tim's toupee looks like it's sliding off. So we're going to slide off of this recording. Thanks for listening. Alex, best of luck in Portland. And we will chat to you guys next week as we review Portland and preview the finale of the 2022 NTT IndyCar season right here on Off Track. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network, and if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that, we mean fit. 
Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.